Welcome to Mindful Conversations with Kay. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelly. We are both moms, educators, kidding around yoga teachers, and trainers, and now podcasters. In this podcast, we will talk about using research-based tools and strategies to help increase mindfulness, self-awareness, connection, self-regulation, and peace in your home or classroom. Join us weekly for some fun and insightful conversations where we will take a deep dive into all things kids yoga and mindfulness. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mindful Conversations with Kay. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Christy. So I did today. I, I, I know. I know. I'm dying. So this is um this is gonna be a really, really fun podcast today because we have a guest and we love our guests and we love talking with um with with people with all sorts of different experiences and backgrounds. And I think what makes me so excited, both Kelly, you and I, we we've done a whole episode on music with kids and music and mindfulness. And both of us come from uh, a teaching background. Both of us were preschool teachers. And we I know we both used a lot of music in our classes. I know that my friend Kelly is just a wonderful singer. She's really fat. Nope. <laughs> we might, we might get her to bust, bust out into song. Anyway, all of that said, we have a music therapist with us today. We have Miss Julianne here with us today. Thank you so much for being here with us. We appreciate your time and we welcome you to our little podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We are big fans of music, big fans of music with, with kids. Um, both Kelly and I, uh, again, like I said, we're, we're uh, preschool teachers uh, and also um, kids yoga teachers. And we uh, come from our, our training is uh, through Kidding Around Yoga. And we do a lot of music within our kids yoga classes. And so big fans of music with kids. So um, Kelly, yeah. we're excited. Yeah. And I'm, I'm extra excited because we're big fans of music, but we're also so passionate about teaching kids self-regulation tools and self-coping yeah. skills and all the things and starting really young with that, giving them that really strong foundation. And um when I found you on Instagram, I was just um, over the moon excited because uh, as a teacher, uh, still a kids yoga teacher, I'm always looking for music to inspire my classes and to bring to my classes and um, to bring to my studio. So um, I'm super excited to have you because it's like two things that I, I think are super important, music and coping skills. You, you're you doing it both. So it's super exciting. So how about just tell us about yourself, give us your background and and all the things. Okay, I'll, we'll we'll do. I mean, all the things. Like, <laughs> I've, got, I've had quite a life, my friend. <laughs> Tell us everything. Start with day one. Okay. Well, the quick summary is: I am a music therapist, and I've worked with kids for the last decade, over a decade now, in um, mostly in the trauma, mental health kind of world. Um, I ended up specializing and being a part of a special program and I'm from the state of New Hampshire um, with our foster care program and part of their kind of assessment team for assessing kids once they are moved from a really severe neglect or abuse kind of situation and I was part of the team that kind of saw 
or assess the neurological damage that could happen from that trauma or stress and that chronic kind of stress state, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners know that when children are in, in a chronic stress state for quite some time, there is neurological scarring that can happen that affects the rest of their lives if it's not treated, rehabbed, kind of um, dealt with right away. And then sometimes even with rehab, there's only so much you can do. Um, so I was a part of that team and we kind of assessed whether or not kids might be successful in a foster care situation or whether or not they needed to be in a lot more long-term permanent rehabilitation setting. Um, and that's kind of what gave birth to this album that we're talking about. Because what we noticed is that kids who had some sort of resilient skills going into this either big trauma event or um, had some sort of coping skills or connection or support system throughout a chronic kind of stress, stress event, they were much more likely to be able to be successful in rehabilitation and go on and be successful in a foster care setting. And so my thought process, you know, so many of these kids, it's, it's, you know, in New Hampshire, the opioid crisis is absolutely terrible. It's really, really bad. And um, so many of these kids, the abuse and neglect that they suffered was because of the opioid crisis, right? Like the reality is that their parents were addicted to opioids. They needed those opioids because they had no other coping skills, were never taught any other coping skills. And then we just create this cycle of trauma that just happens over and over and over. And it happens for generations, right? And, um, you know, adults end up accidentally sometimes becoming these abusers and these neglectors because they are just trying to survive themselves. And the only coping skill they found was drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. Um, and so I just was, throughout my career, I was just noticing this effect. You know, there's even a point where I was working with babies who were addicted to opioids because oh. their their mothers were. And I have no judgment for these mothers because their lives were horrible, right? Like, and if you had a horrible life and no one ever taught you coping skills, you would probably be in that situation too. Mm -hmm. um, so what I saw was this system of trauma, this intergenerational trauma that was not being addressed. We know we were addressing the kids after the fact. We were maybe rehabbing some adults, barely, and not in a place that even felt safe for them. I've had so many conversations with these adults after the fact who just, it's just the, even their therapy settings are not safe places for them to really talk about what's going on. Um, and I just, I wanted to stop the cycle. I was just like, what can we do to stop the cycle? So I decided to create a musical guide that we could teach kids as young as possible, right? Like what if while we're teaching ABCs, we're teaching coping skills, regulation, support systems. Like what if we're doing that from the very beginning, before trauma happens, before that big event happens, what if they have all those skills before and we're not just like going in and trying to clean up afterwards? What if all those skills are in place from such a young age and done on a systemic level around the world, right? Like imagine if that was done just all around so kids could be supporting each other, right? 
Mm -hmm. um, we wouldn't necessarily, I mean, we'll always need counselors, but it wouldn't just be the job of the counselor, it would be the job of the community to help support each other during those big events and be able to recognize that. So that was kind of the dream um, behind this album. And then it took about four years. I had to do a lot of research and just really think really hard on what those core resilience skills are and what resilience even is. It's such a vague term, right? People throw it around left and right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was a lot that went into it, but um, I guess that's the gist of who let me, I let me, am. let me ask you a question real quick, because yeah. I'm hearing you talk about this and, and your background. And I know Kelly um, had some uh, there was a time where you were working with, with some kids that were struggling with, um, in a hospital setting, right, Kel? I was working uh, with chronically ill. Yeah. 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 And I just, I, I imagine that that's gotta be so heavy. And so like, did you ever find yourself getting to a point where, um, you felt like, gosh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, yeah. did you ever, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone in that field doesn't feel that, right? Yeah. Like, I would imagine really big, heavy emotions. I had to go to a lot of therapy myself. Like I remember yeah. just doing EMDR therapy and weeping through my clients' traumas. They're not even my traumas, yeah. but some of the images you get in your head are just so graphic and terrible. Um, but you know, things that like, I won't even, obviously I'm not going to allude to any stories, but things that are worse than you could ever even imagine. And those stories are just really I mean, they're really, really hard to hold in yeah. your head. Sure. Um, yeah, so I definitely had to do a lot of therapy. There's a reason why there's such a high turnover rate. I think at that, well, I was there at that assessment center. I was there for um, a year before it shut down. That, like that particular assessment center, before the assessment center shut down because it could not hold on to staff long enough. Oh my goodness. Because even the social workers, they would just turn over every two weeks. It was really, really intense. Yikes. Okay, so let's let's lighten things up a little bit here. So, so you yeah, so yeah, music. Yeah. Let me let gear me. So I've been listening to to the songs, and I love them. Mm -hmm. By the way, so fun. Yeah. Like I was I was getting ready after my shower today, and I'm like I can't even remember which one it was, but it was one that was uh, I think it was the safe the safe. Um, oh, yeah, where do you feel where safe? I feel safe or something like that? Ooh, and there was even like a little one. you you partnered obviously with some other musicians too. It was huge. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. A little, little rap in there. And I was like, yes. yes, super yeah. fun music. Where's the music in your in your background? Like, have you always been a musician? Um, what's 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 your musical background? Yeah, so I've always loved music. Music has always been a safe place for me. I kind of grew up in a, a house that was not the happiest, uh, you know, like many of us, right? We have all come to adulthood with our own own stories. Um, and music for me was a safe place and um what made me feel good and what made me glow and so I played piano growing up and um I knew pretty early on I wanted to be a music therapist I knew either I wanted to do therapy or I wanted to do music and then I heard of a career called music therapy and I said that's it <laughs> that's been it right <laughs> that's just always been it um yeah so I so, really so you play piano do you play other instruments too Yep, guitar as well. In college, they make you learn guitar if you're going to be a music therapist. And I, I'm grateful I know it now, but in the process, it was quite the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so music is such an important, as we were talking about, right, like music for regulation. The reason why 
it's so important to use music in teaching these skills versus just conversations to teach them is that music encodes information in the brain differently. And so like the, the quick way I like to put it is, let's say we wanna learn coping skills, okay? We're just talking about coping skills. We just talk about coping skills, which would be great if people even just did that, right? Like if we could just talk about that, that'd be awesome. But imagine like the pathways we're making in a child's brain. Imagine those neuron pathways are like made out of aluminum, right? They're, they're good, right? They'll hold together, but under a lot of stress, they're breaking, right? And when our child is in um, a sympathetic state and they're in fight or flight or in a dissociative state, like those pathways are not accessible anymore. Boom, out the window. But when we are learning music, when we are learning data with music, we are creating titanium pathways, right? So think about how strong a titanium pathway is. It's going to take a lot, a lot of pressure for that pathway to no longer be accessible. And it's not only does it just store that information in a really strong way, but it also stores it in different places throughout the brain. So as I'm sure you know, right, when a kid is under a lot of stress or when an adult, our prefrontal cortex down regulates and we want to reactivate that. But in that process, when it's down regulated, all of those like problem solving skills are no longer accessible. But if we learn it with music, we are storing it in all of the other places in our brain. So maybe we can't think like, oh, I'm feeling sad right now. Who are the people that make me feel happy? But that might be a hard thing to think when you are at crisis mode. But if we've learned it with music, if we've learned, like there's one song in there that's like, who are the people you go to with Lori Berkner? By the way, love Lori Berkner. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, that song is so simple. And like the whole melody, the whole idea is just, who are the people you go to? Who are the people that care? Who are the people you go to when your heart is in despair? And it just repeats. So that will be way more accessible to a child in a crisis moment. They'll think, who are the people I go to, right? Like yeah. that, that will be accessible. Yeah. Um, so that's the hope is that we're creating tools that will be accessible because we're doing them with music. They'll be accessible even in a acute stress setting when our prefrontal cortex is downregulated. It's awesome. It's very cool. Like the whole, all the research and stuff, Christy and I, um, people who listen to this podcast know that we're like brain science nerds, even though yeah. <laughs> neither one of us went to school for that, but we, we love to learn about it. We love to like talk to people like you and listen to podcasts about it and read books about it. It's just so fascinating to me. Um, you know, and, it, and we've talked about music before and how accessible it makes things for everyone yeah. and and it's just really really cool I mean how our emotions get attached to a song and just you know you can hear just a few beats and it can take you back to a yes. certain time and yes. um, all of that and it's just really really neat I loved though that I was reading um, about this album and so in and one of the things I was reading it was saying like if you listen to it from start to finish it's like a healing process. Can you can you talk about that like a little bit? Yeah. Well, I, I put it together as like a concept album. Okay. You know, and so 
The beginning is very heavy on connection and support systems, which I think if we're, so I think of the core resilience skills, I really think of like three main things, right? There's connection, regulation, and reasoning. Those are, I think of those as like our three core resilience skills. Um, and can, you know, and regulation and connection can be interchangeable because connection is regulating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for adults, we want to perhaps be able to regulate without always needing connection, right? Because there are going to be times that we're not going to have someone right there to give us a hug or hold us hand or hold our hand or pick us up. Um, as much as I love that, <laughs> but you know, we kind of th- those skills kind of reverse. It becomes regulation, connection, and then reasoning. Um, but with kids as we all know, right? Connection has to come first, but they need co-regulation, right? Like they need to connect before they can regulate. And that is how we evolve from babies. Um, so, so the way the album is set up is to kind of work through those skills and, and pick up each one of those skills. So we start with connection. We start with songs about support systems and then- Very um, cute song, by the way, you supported me. Very oh cute. I love it. We went on and what do we do? Fighting dragons or, or, or doing dragons, or dancing going with to the dragons. Zoo and hopping like kangaroos. It's so fun. Yeah, that's so a great fun. movement one. Yeah, um, yeah, real good. That, you know, and, and that's that's one thing I want to say about using music effectively. Um, just listening to the songs is great. If you can do that, that's awesome. But it's where you are actively engaging in the music, whether it's through music singing along, rewriting the words, talking about the words, changing the words to match your situation. That's when we are reprogramming the brain. That is when we are encoding that data. So the more active, actively participating in music that the kids are or families are, that's when it's like peak effectiveness. So yeah, yeah. Um, But anyways, so, but we, we start out with connection and then we get into um, some more of the regulation skills throughout there, like advocating for yourself and um, saying, you know, there's a whole song that's called, I need a break. And it's just all of these different, like, I need a break. I need a snack. I need a whatever, <laughs> right? Like being able to just advocate, find, find your little regulations. There's a whole song about coping skills. I am resilient. It's all about coping skills, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, finding your safe spaces right? That's that I kind of throw that into that regulation kind of point of view. And then um, we end with reasoning, which is really more of that like self-worth point of view and, and being able to know that you're worthy of help or worthy of whatever it is, being worthy of, of solving these problems, working through I am enough. I am enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I am enough. is just such a powerful, powerful song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also identifying emotions, you know, there's silly feeling faces in there. That's yeah. kind of a reasoning yeah. skill um, that helps upregulate our prefrontal cortex activity. So yeah. And there's a gratitude song I threw in pretty early on, mostly just because musically it fit better in the beginning, <laughs> but that <laughs> I would consider that as part of our, our reasoning skills, but you know, it's also um, can be very regulating for folks to work through that. Mm-hmm. So, or a great coping skill. So all of these things are changeable. Before we before we hit record, um, by the way, uh, listener, we are here with um, Miss Julianne, and she's she is 
getting ready to have her first child. She looks absolutely beautiful. She is glowing. I love it. But prior to us um, hitting record, we were you you started to tell us a story about being being ill and that sort of uh, being a little bit of an impetus to this this album, right? Yeah, for sure. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so that was going hand in hand with while I was working at that assessment center. Um, I had had Lyme disease. I had been struggling with it for years. Um, I was going on and off antibiotics. And just like so many folks out there, I was just going through a lot of chronic illness things. Like there's a lot happening to my body. And it was a really confusing time and, and space to be in. And then in 2019, I just hit that peak, really disability zone. And I just couldn't no longer work anymore. I couldn't drive my vision and my vestibular system. I had a brain injury. Um, it had infected my brain. I had infected my heart. I was really struggling to walk. Um, had affected my muscles. So my muscles were all atrophying quite quickly. And so I was pretty much bed bound. I actually spent a few years, um, trying all of these different treatments, hooked up to IV antibiotics every day, seeing all of these different specialists. And it was a really scary time. And I had a doctor tell me I needed to put my affairs in order at one point, like just oh my gosh, kind of, yeah, no, it was really hard. Um, and there's a book I read back when I was training to become music therapist called Man's Search for Meaning, which I really highly recommend by Viktor Frankl. It's an incredible story about the psychologist that survives the Holocaust. And one of the things he kind of went into like observation mode, right? Um, while he was at this concentration camp. And what he noticed was that folks who had a purpose, had a had a reason to survive the unsurvivable, were more likely to make it, right? They needed to identify a purpose that was so big, so much bigger than them for them to work through those moments that we want to just give up during. And there were definitely many moments when, you know, my nerves were like literally on fire, oh. right? I had, I had visions of like cutting off my arms and legs because my nerves were infected and that is so painful. <laughs> and um, I knew I needed a purpose that was so much bigger than me. And that, you know, I I'd always wanted to make this album and I was kind of in the process of putting it together, but it was because of that illness. I mean, I like, I really latched on to that, <laughs> that whole concept of like, I'm going to help end the opioid crisis. And that's why I have to survive. Right. And that's why I have to get through this. And that's why I have to wake up each day and keep fighting for myself and keep advocating for myself, especially when, you know, the medical system is complicated and it does a great job of forgetting about us and neglecting us. Um, so it's definitely what gave me the power to keep fighting through those really dark days. Wow. Incredible story. Yeah. And and how did you get through that then? Because because now you're better yeah. Yeah. and you're better enough to be able to yeah. get pregnant mm -hmm. and be ready to have a yeah. child. And so tell well, us you know, so this is, uh, I'll tell you this quickly, but so the gratitude song, um, the science behind gratitude is not just necessarily expressing gratitude that makes it powerful in our bodies. Um, so it is when someone is sharing gratitude with us, like sharing gratitude to us being like, you know, um, Christy, I am so grateful for you doing blah, 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 blah. 
right? That's in your body. That's now create, creating this giant dopamine effect. It's lowering inflammation in your body. It's like lowering those inflammatory cytokines when mm -hmm. someone else is doing that to you. Not necessarily me expressing my gratitude for you. That's not necessarily affecting my body, but it's affecting yours. The other time though, where we can get these like really incredible um, anti-inflammatory responses from gratitude are when we're hearing other people's stories of when someone else helps someone else in a life-changing way. Okay. So I'll tell you a story about how someone yeah. helped me in a life-changing way. And hopefully all of our listeners, everyone out there is going to get this anti-inflammatory effect. <laughs> love, it, okay? love it. Love it. So what happened was at my wedding with my husband, um, a family member came who I didn't even invite because they were such a distant family member, right? I hadn't seen them in maybe 15 years, but they just showed up and they saw how sick I was. So at my wedding, I couldn't really stand through most of it. I had to sit and um, it was, it was a tough time, uh, but that was fine, right? Like at that point, it was just, it was still a very happy celebratory moment, but I was definitely at the, one of the peaks of my illness. And, um, this family member noticed I was sick and knew about this research hospital in Mexico that was treating people, Lyme patients who had failed all of their treatments. This hospital is called Sanity's in case anyone out there is in the situation I was in. And it's, it was an expensive treatment that has to be privately paid for. And there was no way I was going to be able to do that. Um, but this family member for my wedding present sent me to this hospital. So two weeks after my wedding, I found myself in Mexico at this hospital. They like made all the calls. They just made it happen. And me and my husband show up at this hospital. That is and unbelievable. What, oh my gosh. Right? Right. It looked like it just happened. Oh, they, they, they saved my life. They totally yeah. saved my life. Um, and so then this hospital, what they did, the treatment is that they heat up your body to a very high temperature to induce a fever to kill off the bacteria. Um, the blind bacteria only survives to about 100, 506 degrees. So they heat you up to 107, 108, 109, depending on how high your body wants to get. They keep your head at 107, you know, so they don't, they don't fry your brain. Um, but my body got to 108.8. .8. That was the fever it sat at for about four hours. And then they let my body essentially kill off the bacteria. Mm -hmm. And then they, they bring, you know, you're unconscious for all of this because okay. you would, yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. You cannot you couldn't tolerate no that. Right. that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 You, you would be delirious. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then they woke me up and I, you know, after a 12 hour recovery period or, you know, about 24 hour recovery period, well, your body stabilizes from that sort of temperature. Um, my brain was back on for the first time in maybe a decade. It felt like, like just, I was, my brain was working again. It was amazing. So it was, it was immediate then like you, they, oh, yeah. Oh, no, wow. I felt it. And you know, there were some things that took time. Like I had to rebuild all of my muscles. I had to read sure. all of these pathways. Like there was a lot that needed work. Um, my vision is still disabled. I still can't drive. So that's something that might've mm. been permanent nerve damage. We're not totally sure. I've done quite a bit of therapies and I'm still hopeful, you know, cause babies, babies give you their own, their stem cells when they're in you. Right. So like yeah. that could be healing. 
Um, but, but I am, I would say I'm like 80% there and I'm in a place where I was able to obviously finish this album. I got approval from a medical team to try to have a baby and my body has carried this baby all the way. So, you know, and I'm just feel really blessed and so grateful. What an amazing story. That is mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, that is really intense. Oh, from the, the point of that, that family member, like you said, you wasn't even really invited. And I just, it was just, I mean, it when was I totally, story, I just, I get chills because it's yes. just, it, I mean, there was some divine intervention going on. Oh, I was, yeah. It was not my time to leave this world. And I had a mission and I, you know, I think the other thing is that shortly before that wedding, a couple months before I had had this, I'll call it like a meditation, right? Where I was just really trying to ground myself and find the strength I needed to work through the pain I was going through. And I was just crying and I just screamed out. Like, I've got a mission, like I've got a purpose and I'm going to help people like, let me live. I want to live. Right. And I just screamed that out into the universe. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And it was from that moment where all of these connections started getting made and people started reaching out with just the right information or someone to help me get this medical, whatever done. And things just started lining up. And then even with this album, right? Like there was this incredible philanthropist that came on and wanted to help fund this album to make sure that it sounded really good. And all of these incredible musicians like Lori Berkner and Fuge and Stephanie Lovell coming and joining on. And that's just, literally this whole process from that moment where I screamed out into the universe, like I've got a powerful purpose and a mission on this planet where things have started to align themselves to help me fulfill this mission. Well, it is so, so exciting that you were able to go on this journey. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear this album. We're actually recording this on the day that your album is released, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So um, the, the album will have been out for a little bit by the time we release this episode, but, um, but it's exciting that it, it came out today. And so, you know, what, what are your, what are, what are your, your hopes that you start to see? Like, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited watching as I'm watching your journey on, on Instagram. First of all, of course, your baby's coming. So that mm-hmm. will be taking over <laughs> a little time uh, and energy. Yeah. On part. But I'm yep. excited to use this album myself with it in yeah. the work that I do. And yeah, just like what, what is, what are you looking forward to over these next months as, as everybody gets their hands on this music? You know, I'm just hoping it's going to actually be a useful tool, right? Like I, I, I put so much thought and energy into this being a useful tool. Um, I'm hoping it gets used. And the long-term plan for this album is for me to start training folks on how to use it and putting out, you know, curriculum and putting out some guides on to how to use this so that even if you don't have music training, even if you're not a therapist, you can start having these conversations with the kids and the people around you. And even like, I know we think about this as being kids music, but you know, I, I've shared some of these songs with some 60 or 70 year old men who I would consider, you know, veterans or, you know, people who are like tough, tough people. <laughs> and um, 
you know, everyone needs to talk about who they go to when they need help. Everyone yeah. needs to talk about their safe spaces. Yeah. Everyone needs to talk about their support systems and coping skills. And there are people who have gone their whole lives without anyone starting that conversation with them. 100%. It's, I, I just got finished teaching a class that I teach every Friday afternoon, which is a senior wellness class. And so everybody in that class is, is much older. And um, we talk about these, these coping skills and we do some movement and stretching and we do meditation and all these things. And, and we were on this, this, I, I had listened to your album today. So these, some of these tunes were on my mind and um, you know, they were, we, we were coming up and we were talking about gratitude and, um, and, and, you know, some of them really hadn't really heard of a gratitude practice. Like they know what yeah. the word gratitude means, but, you know, I introduced them to this gratitude practice and, um, you know, it's, and I, I was thinking to myself as, as I was driving home, like, this is the same as like, you know, like teaching my preschoolers, these, yeah. you know, like, yeah. they, like you said, they may have gone their whole life and, and didn't know that these, these coping skills were available to them. And yeah. And, they could just do it themselves. Yeah. And that's my hope. And, you know, some of these songs are purposely designed to be super easy and super simple so that you can sing them in a target line with your child, right? Like who are people you go to? Like that one is, you listen to it for 20 seconds and you've got it. You it's can, right. Like that's all you need, which is what a good tool is, right? You shouldn't have to like study and try to remember it. It should be right there on the tip of your tongue. Um, so that, that is my hope is that people will listen, people will use it. And, you know, maybe two or three years from now, we'll see kids are learning their ADCs and they're also learning their support systems in, as young as possible. Um, uh, but I want to go back to that gratitude practice thing you were talking about really quickly. This is just a, a quick idea, right? Like you can sing my song, do whatever you want, but instead of like, if you want an effective gratitude practice circle, Instead of people just sharing what they're grateful for, which might be very difficult for people who have never done that in their life, something yeah. I like to do is go around and have the group, like, have like one group member. So maybe like you're in a group and we're like, okay, let's all share what we're grateful for about Kelly. Let's all share. And everyone goes around and says what they love about Kelly. And they just like all just love on and love on Kelly. Now, Kelly just got about the biggest pain relief dose of anti-inflammatory chemicals in her body that is you could ever do, right? And then if each person goes around the circle and they all get a moment where everyone's sharing the gratitude of, of Christy and then of Julianne, right? Like then we all just come out of the circle with some pretty powerful hormones going through our body. Yeah. Love it. I love it. It's a, actually this morning I was in a, in an office at a, at another uh, class that I was doing and I left them behind with some dry erase uh, sticky notes that are reusable and dry erase markers. And I left them in the center of the office where there's uh, where they, you know, they have their little kitchenette area and um, with the directions to give gratitude to each other and just leave sticky notes. And then when they get one, they can enjoy it for the day and then they wipe it clean and then they send gratitude to somebody else in the office. Love it. That's yeah. an awesome, that's perfect. Yeah. That's a great example. Love it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this has been 
absolutely delightful hearing about your um journey to making this album and and everything else that that has happened to you you know in your life i mean what a what an incredible story you have um tell people where they can find you where they can find your music how they can connect with you if they'd like to do that um tell, tell us all the, all the things and of course we'll, we'll share all of this in the show notes too but but just uh just for the sake of of uh, yeah. where where can we find you yeah so on instagram i'm at miss julianne music and youtube Miss Julianne. Um, my website is missjulianne.com. But what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to sing my name. I'm going to sing um, how to spell it. Yes. My spelling is a little funky. And I'm going to sing it three times, which is going to feel like a lot, but that's what we need to get it in our brain. I love okay? it. So I love it. Hang in there. Okay. This will help your listeners. Okay. So it's M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E-A-N-N. M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E-A-N-N. And one more time. M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E-A-N-N. And so that'll help you when you're typing in there. There is another Miss Julianne out there who is um, an adult video professional. Oh. Um, So I like to just really spell it because if you are looking it up on YouTube (laughs) or Google with your child right behind you, I want you to Don't get that mixed up. (laughs) <laughs> I want to make sure you spell that right for sure sing yeah. that one more time for us okay m-i-s-s-j-u-l-i-e-a-n-n there it is all right got yeah. it um, and you know one other thing I want to mention is I'm also super into foraging and wild foods and wild native plants and I post about that a lot on my Instagram this kind of goes into this idea of resilience um and so if that is something you're also interested in, definitely follow along because you will learn quite a bit uh, uh, throughout the year as, even, yeah. you know, seasonally, I'm always posting about plants that are edible out there. So definitely follow along for that. Yeah, that's really amazing. Very cool. Thank you well, so much for taking the time out of your day on this very exciting album release day and very exciting time for you as baby maybe baby release date who knows there's still time yeah you never know he come right he, he might come on the same day as his, <laughs> he's still got a couple of hours yeah <laughs> wonderful it'd be a very fast, very fast <laughs> work, but uh it happens so we'll see well wishing you a uh obviously a, a safe and and speedy delivery and <laughs> yeah and, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it will be lovely and can't wait to, uh, to f- see some of those pictures of new baby on Instagram and everything else. So, of course. um, Julianne, Miss Julianne, thank you for your time today. And thank you for sharing your story with our listeners. And, um, we just really appreciate what you're doing because I think we're all sort of on this same mission to, uh, to really make this world a, a much more peaceful place. And, uh, we just really yeah. appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, let's all just bring a little bit more light into it, right? I love it. I love it. And everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to subscribe and give us a written review to help us reach others and share all the benefits of kids yoga and mindfulness. If you want more information on all that Kidding Around Yoga has to offer, you can find us at kiddingaroundyoga.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Kidding Around Yoga. We will meet you back here next week for another fun conversation with Christy and Kelly.